This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey everyone, it's Jen. You know Jess and I often talk about how Aloe Moves helps us stay fit. But May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so I really wanted to point out how amazing the site and app are for mental health as well. It is so easy for me to get stuck in a rut mentally or get stressed out or feel lonely when I'm working from home. I'm guessing you've all been there too. But I found that a much more productive way to deal with those feelings, or even just like a bad day, is to hop on allomoves.com and reset. Allomoves is the award-winning, on-demand streaming wellness platform app and website that has workouts, mindfulness, nutrition, self-care, and more to help boost your mental and physical well-being. I also love that I can take the same class as friends or connect with other members in the community comments. Allomoves really brings people together. Lately, I have been very into the five-minute relaxation body scan with Susie Mark Shifflin. Guys, Susie is the most soothing instructor. She incorporates these sound bath sounds into her head-to-toe relaxation exercise. It's so easy to do. Obviously, there are also yoga classes and exercise classes and so many other things you can learn and check out on allomoves.com, but I just had to share that one with you. Find yourself together when you join Allo Moves. Join the community on allomoves.com today and use code FATMASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. That's allomoves.com code MASCARA20 for a 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. Again, that's allomoves.com and the code is MASCARA20. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey everyone, welcome to Fat Mascara. I'm Jess. I'm Jen. Hi, happy Friday. Happy Friday. So this episode is a very, very exciting episode for us. This is a little bit by request. When you guys have, you know, sent us emails, DMs, popped into our Facebook group with suggestions, whenever you guys do that, we take them very seriously. And this episode is the result of that. 
It is. And I love those suggestions. So keep them coming. Over the years, though, we've gotten this question a couple times, and I wanted to find an expert for it. It's how to deal with the beauty side effects of cancer and illness. It's something that like when you're worrying about your health, a lot of people are like, why would you even care about your appearance? But there's something about looking good when you don't feel good that just sort of elevates your mood. You know, Gives that's you who you are. Yeah, it makes yeah. you feel more like yourself. Like you can have the the strength and energy to go, you know, to, to fight and also just feel connected to your life and, you know, recognize yourself. Yeah. And so we got specific questions about dealing with cancer-related beauty side effects and cancer treatments. However, I think this interview with Caitlin Kiernan, I'll tell you about her in a second, I think this applies to so many people who might be dealing with a chronic illness and some of the side effects of that, you know, when your skin changes, your hair changes, or even just a, like a temporary illness or a scar. Maybe you had surgery. We talk about she has the best advice for dealing with a scar and preventing a scar from forming. Also, even if you're not going through something like this, I think it's important to listen to because I'm sure there's somebody in your life who is going through this or sadly will go through this. It's just the reality of, it's just the statistical reality. Yeah. Tap the little share button and send it to someone. It also kind of says, I think about this when I have friends that are going through illness, like I, you often don't know what to say and you want to be helpful. Like maybe it's just like, here, I heard this, maybe it'll help you. I don't know. It, it might. Caitlin talks about that a bit in, in our interview about what that's like to go through these kind of things. So Caitlin is an editorial beauty director of Talk Shop Live. That's a leading streaming kind of social meets e-commerce platform here in the United States. Before that, she actually worked at Amazon on their beauty shopping platform. And she's been an on-staff beauty editor, beauty director for Life & Style Weekly and OK. She's written for the Wall Street Journal, Women's Health, People style watch. So the reason I wanted to have her on, I actually have known her for years. I did not know that she was a cancer survivor. She wrote the book on this. She wrote Pretty Sick, The Beauty Guide for Women with Cancer, and it came out in 2017. And so she wrote the book after going through her own experience with breast cancer, which you'll hear about. It's a complete guide to beauty during, after cancer treatment. And our interview covers skincare, and so does her book, hair care, wig shopping. She gets into wig shopping more deeply in her book, nail care, makeup, and more. So we're really excited to have her on the pod. It's just me and Caitlin. Jess was traveling the week that we did this interview, but I know you're going to love it. So please welcome Caitlin Kiernan. Hey, Kiernan, welcome to Fat Mascara. Oh my God, it's such a thrill. I am such, I'm so obsessed with your podcast. You have been doing this for years and it was just always such a, such a buzzy thing in the beauty space as editors. Stop. We were always like, oh my God, Fat Mascara, did you listen to their latest episode? It's just, you know, I'm just thrilled to be here. So thank you so much for inviting me. It's a high That point. means so much coming from you because you are like a beauty, a beauty journalist, a beauty expert. You're so many <laughs> things. And I brought you on to talk about a very specific topic. Before we get into that, let's just talk about you. How did you get into beauty? You know, it was really by accident, to be honest with you. I started off as a fashion columnist and I loved fashion, but I was a broke kid growing up in the country and I just could never afford all the amazing Wait, clothes. where was the country? What country so, were you upstate talking? upstate New York, like country, okay. upstate, where? you know, Ulster County. So I grew up okay. in Ulster County and with by a single mom and we were broke, you know, like literally shopped for my school clothes at the Salvation Army and always just grew up admiring fashion and wanting to be this fashionable woman. And 
I just couldn't afford it. And I started writing about fashion and I loved it, but I just felt the more that I was covering fashion week and doing all these things that I just was an outsider. And I loved beauty and I felt like I could look at Beyonce or J-Lo and see their makeup and I could run to my local pharmacy and buy makeup that look, you know, and match that look and, and live my life and tell my life story and aspire to be someone bigger and better through beauty. To me, beauty is democratic and I always felt welcomed in that space and I never felt like the weirdo. I just felt like I could tell my story through my hair and my makeup and my nails so it was always home for me. It was just always this place of solace. And I to be able to then become a beauty editor was a dream come true. It was never anything that was ever in my sight line. Like it was never anything people talked to me about. And so that's how I ended up in beauty. <laughs> but right now you're the beauty director of Talk Shop Live, right? Yes. So what, what is that? Yeah, what do you do? So, I know it's so, you know, I left the, the magazine world and I thought nothing could ever get better than that. And to me, I am now the beauty director of Talk Shop Live, which is the leading live streaming e-com platform. So we all know live content, live selling is a huge thing in Asia. And uh, my boss, Brian and his sister, Tina, Brian and Tina Moore started this live streaming platform four years ago to bring live selling to America. And since that time, we are now the live streaming platform partner for Condé Nast, Hearst, MSN, New Beauty, Walmart. But like we are the way that brands are now redefining their content and selling their products in real time. It's exciting. And you get to I mean, I call it TV still, whatever. You're yeah. so amazing on TV and like talking about beauty. So it seems like a great place for you to land. It's exciting. Yeah. It, you know, honestly, it really was because it was nothing that I ever envisioned. You know, I was at Amazon and we were, I was one of the 12 producers that actually helped launch Amazon Live, you know, with their first, you know, fashion and beauty show. And that was cool. But it, you know, America, it was so new to America that I feel like a lot of people didn't get it at the time. But now with TikTok and all these other live influences, yeah. it really is taking off. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's fun. I enjoy it. Listen, I just love talking with people and I love beauty. So it's like a win-win for me. You know? I know because you also have a podcast and have done that. So yeah. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to talk about that too. But so the reason I reconnected with you now, like just so you guys know, Caitlin and I go way back. We came up in the beauty world together and would see each other from time to time at events. Caitlin, I never knew. So I was doing research for this particular podcast and I was like, I want to have someone come on to talk about the like the beauty side effects of illness particularly cancer, but it's something that we've gotten so many questions about. I had no idea that you have been through this yourself. Yeah. I knew you had written a beauty book. I apologize before this podcast, <laughs> I hadn't read it and I didn't know what it was about. So tell yeah. me about this. Do you mind sharing what your diagnosis was, when it happened and how you became an expert on this thing that like, honestly, nobody wants to have to be the expert on. Yeah, it was 2012. It was right after my 40th birthday. And I went to my annual guy. Well, I woke up one night and I, well, I rolled over and I felt like a kink in, in my breast, but I come from a family of women with cystic breasts. So I really didn't think much about it. 
I happen to have my annual gynecology appointment like two weeks later. The doctor's like, yeah, let's go get this checked out because I definitely feel something. I had two mammograms. Nothing showed up on a mammogram, but I felt it. So I insisted that they do a sonogram and they saw they saw something in the sonogram. Literally, by the way, had to be a total nightmare. Went in for my second sonic my second mammogram. They're like, there's nothing going on. And I'm like, we feel it. I I feel it. There is something in there. I want a mammogram. They're like, well, or a sonogram. They're like, well, you have to like clear that through your your insurance. I called my insurance right there on the spot. They're like, well, if you can get your doctor to send over, like maybe we can get someone to like clear it. I said, I know you have doctors that are on for emergency purposes for clearances. I don't want to wait another two months for you to approve this. So approve it and let me have my sonogram. I waited four and a half hours sitting in that doctor's office. I refused to leave. And within the first two minutes of doing the sonogram, they saw not only uh, two lumps in this breast, but another lump in my other breast. So they did uh, biopsies of just the right breast. And and they were like, "We'll, we'll have the results back in seven days. The next day, I'm literally in my morning meeting surrounded by my staff of like 10 people. And I get a call from a random doctor that I have no idea. And they're like, your results are in and it's cancer. And I'm like trying to like act like nothing's wrong. I literally excuse myself. Did you take that call in front of everybody? Yes, because I thought it was my boss calling me about, you know, something that we needed to talk about in the meeting. And... I called my father and I was like, please, I don't, I checked out on that call. Like I literally, when they tell you, when people start talking to you that you just blank out, but I didn't think that it was accurate. So I said to my dad, please, I called my father and I was like, listen, I'm in a meeting. This is the number of the doctor. I don't even know this doctor. Can you please call? And like, because I don't even know what to say here. My father, and I didn't hear back from my father, didn't hear back from my father. So I was like, oh, this is not good. And then I came back that I was diagnosed with stage one breast cancer. It was non-ductal. It was not in the ducts. It was like all the best case scenario of the whole thing. But I was told that I was going to need chemotherapy and radiation. And so I actually really originally wanted to just do a double mastectomy from the very beginning. By the way, the, the lump in the left breast came back that it was just, you know, like a, like, you know, it was just like a, a phantom thing. I wanted to do a mastectomy. My parents were like, please, no, like, please, like, let's just be very careful here. Or like, that's a, you're asking to put your body through a lot. But I was very nervous. Anyway, I, I ended up doing a lumpectomy. I got all the way through to radiation. And then they were like, well, we're going to have to radiate your right lung because of how, you know, I had very small, dense breasts. The tumor was resting very closely to the chest wall. They were afraid that maybe there was some penetration that maybe they couldn't see. And I just did not want to do radiation. You know, radiation basically makes the tissue, it like petrifies the tissue and it makes it very difficult to have any sort of reconstruction after the fact. I've heard horror stories. So I, at that point, just opted to to do the double mastectomy. So did you end up having to go through chemotherapy as well? I did. I did all of the chemotherapy. They do the chemotherapy first. Yeah. They do surgery. They extract the tumor to see what they're working with. And that indicates the type of treatment protocol that you'll have based on the DNA of your t- of your specific tumor. Yeah. And clearly, you know, this podcast isn't a medical podcast. So if you're listening and you have questions about the stuff that Caitlin just talked about, go to your doctors and Absolutely. resources for that. It's important to know, though, because it gives a basis for what we really are going to talk about, which is 
some of the aesthetic side effects of an illness like cancer and, frankly, the treatments that come from it. I'm curious, obviously you did a lot of research as this was all going on. How soon after that phone call did you think about your appearance? Or was that like not even on your mind because you're just like, let me get healthy? It was immediately on my mind. Listen, I'm a beauty girl. Uh, and you know, the, <laughs> the interesting thing about cancer is that it's not the cancer that that lets everybody know you're sick. It's the side effects. It's the losing yeah. your hair. It's the losing your eyebrows. You know, am I going to lose my hair is the first question oncologists that every single oncologist that I interviewed, every single doctor that I interviewed for this book, for my book told me that the first question they're asked after people get their initial diagnosis is, am I going to lose hair, my hair? Because like before they're like, what's my rate of, correct, you know, recurrence, correct. all that. It's wow. always like, am I going to lose my hair? Because it is such a Was that hair- your first question about your appearance? Y- yeah, I was like, oh my God, what am am I gonna lose my hair? Like what am I dealing with here? And of course it's like, yeah, you're gonna lose your hair. You know, um, anybody who has now chemotherapy has come a long way and we'll get into that in a minute. But at the time, what was being offered to me was, yes, you're you you know, you're gonna do chemotherapy, you're gonna lose your hair. And that to me is always really fascinating. But yes, I and I interviewed, you know, I immediately was told you have to find a on- oncologic surgeon because they are, that's your first point, that's your first appointment. After you get your diagnosis, you have to find a surgeon, you have to get the surgery to extract the tumor. So I started meeting with a bunch of different oncology, you know, oncologic surgeons. So it was actually Sonia Kashuk, so the celebrity makeup artist Sonia Kashuk, who ended up having a huge line in Target, who is also a breast cancer survivor and was really my mentor during the early stages of my cancer experience and cancer journey. And she said to me, I really need you to get to my doctor, Dr. Lisa Port. I went to meet with Dr. Lisa Port and I was literally like, crying during the appointment and she's talking me through a lot of stuff and I dropped my tissue. And as I dropped my tissue, I looked under her the desk and there was a Birkin bag. And I was like, I have found my woman. (laughs) She had like the limited edition pale dove gray Birkin. And I was like, all right. And you know, she had a sleek bun and she was like, you know, I'm here to help you. And I she was like, wouldn't this. look down on your choices or your concerns. She, when I said to her, I, I'm, I'm a single woman. I want to have beautiful, my beautiful breasts. Like I, she got me. She didn't look down upon me for asking questions about what I was going to look like. And I, you know, we as cancer patients for the longest time have always been put down for asking questions about what is my reconstruction like? What kind of, you know, look am I going to deal with? physical, the physical changes a woman experiences during a breast cancer journey are so dramatic. You're never the same person. And no one wants to tell you that, but that is a hundred, you lose your hair, you lose your eyebrows, your breasts get cut off, you gain weight because of all the medicines. Like it is such a hard journey just physically as a medical diagnosis, but then there's this physical component that no one allowed patients to really fully absorb and give them that time to really digest all of the things like that. It was like, you know, I remember saying to my doctor at one point, you know, I'm losing my hair, my hair's falling out. Like, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, Hey, I'm here to help you live. I'm not worrying about your hair, but your hair is a huge part of it. You know, like it just really is. And so 
when I started going through the journey of all of and dealing with all, and I knew I was going to start dealing with all these side effects, I would get ahead of it and call all of the experts that I had interviewed throughout the course of being a beauty editor. And I'd be like, Hey, I'm about to lose my hair. Like I called Ted Gibson and I was like, Hey, I'm about to lose my hair. I don't know what kind of a wig to shop for. I don't know how to transition from my long, thick hair to no hair. What, how can I do this? What am I going to do? And he was like, all right, we're going to cut your hair. We're going to get your hair. You know, we're going to take you down to a pixie. We're going to start meeting with wig specialists now so that they can look at the type of hair you have and we can build a, you know, they can build you a wig before you're going to get ahead of it. So, because it takes, you know, a few weeks to get a wig made sometimes a month, a good wig, if that's the route you're going. And, you know, you, I started losing my hair on my second chemotherapy appointment. I, I remember it was literally the day before my third chemo treatment and I was in the shower and all my hair started just coming out in clumps. And I was like, oh shit, like I'm not ready. I'm not ready. For and this. here you were being proactive and still not ready. I'm, I'm curious, as you were gathering this information, obviously you have this privileged position to have access to all these people. Did it cross your mind at the time? Like I need to keep this for a book? No. Like. No, you were just doing your own, like, I got to take care of myself. What is, what am I going to learn? I wasn't even thinking about a book. I really wasn't thinking about a book. I was just really very, um, immersed in the journey and like really kind of worried about just my health. I was not feeling great. My skin was changing color every day. You know, I really didn't, I listen, I knew I was in the best hands. I knew I, I had gotten a diagnosis early. So I knew that I was at least in a good situation, but I wasn't thinking about how to, you know, change it. It wasn't until the very end. I remember sitting in the chemo suite and a woman said to me, oh, are you, because you, you have to, you go in in groups. Like there's always like waves, like there's the first group in the morning and that goes through the chemotherapy and they're in their suites. And then, you know, four hours later you come out and there's another group waiting to go in. And I remember sitting on the benches in Sloan and just, you know, like, I I don't know what I was doing. And some woman said to me, oh, are you here with someone? And I was like, no, I'm the someone. And she was like, wow, you look amazing because I didn't, I got a certain chemo and I can't remember the name of it, but it was a chemotherapy that was developed in in Canada. And it was a new chemo that would only result in hair shedding. So I eventually ended up not losing all of my hair. I did have to cut my hair short and kind of work around the loss of the hair that I was experiencing. But I was able to maintain, like I was able to take care of my skin. I was able to like get ahead of my nail issues and the nail loss and all that kind of stuff. And so I looked pretty good. And it was at that moment that I was like, wow, I've really been so blessed to be surrounded by people, experts that helped me manage my side effects that I don't look like the patient. And I've got to, I, I, I've been Which so blessed. Which affects you emotionally, just so, even looking in the mirror, not just the way other people treat you, right? Yeah. And you know, at the time, Jen, you know, cancer treatment had come so far that people could still manage to get their kids on the bus in the morning, go into work, maintain a level of 
in quote unquote normalcy within their lives, but the beauty end hadn't caught up. There still wasn't the permission to be able to ask the questions or to care for yourself. And I was like, you know what, maybe I'm the person that needs to get that information out there. And it was really writing pretty sick. The beauty guide for women with cancer was my way of paying it forward to the people that were not in the same blessed position that I was. And so that's really how the book came to be. And you touched on some issues that I do kind of want to get specific with you. That's why we're doing this. Before we do that, I'm curious, does it ever bother you to be known now like as this person? Like as you're talking to me, I'm like, I feel badly like I'm making you relive this experience. Are you like, am I ever going to get away from being the cancer survivor? Does that bother you that that's part of your identity? No, not at all. Do you think of it as part of your identity? It is. It's a part of my identity. Absolutely. And I feel like, I think that that's the great, I think that here's the thing about cancer, and I never thought I would ever say this, but it actually... It, it changed my life in so many ways. I have so many amazing friendships from it. I learned so much about myself. I did not emerge the same person. I feel like I emerged a better person. And when you're a, in part of this sisterhood, whether you want to be part of it or not, it, it just, you always want to be the person to help. It was like when I went to write my book, you know, Coda's a survivor, and I reached out to her, and she's like, absolutely. When you are a cancer survivor, you never think about what you know, it's never a trade-off. It's never, you just want to help because you understand how hard that road has been. So to me, I just feel like it's, 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 it's honestly something I'm so proud of that I was able to take a really dark moment in my life and, and help other people from it. Now it is something that I don't re- I don't make it part of my content. I know that there are people that are survivors and they kind of make it part of their continual journey. And that's great. I love that for them. But for me, I just, you know, it was, it was a moment in my life that I'm happy to always revisit, but I don't want to live in it, you know? I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I know it happened a while ago, which is why I'm like, you know, I have, I'm have you coming on because I was like, well, I trust her because there's lots of other, you know, there's so much content now. There's so many yeah. influencers, influencers. There's a lot of people dealing with this right now. But I know you have the journalistic background that you did your research that you, ha- you know, you yeah. know what you're talking about. And so I feel like people are going to really appreciate some of the things that we're going to talk about. I want to talk about hair loss first, obviously, because you already brought it up and it's clearly something that a lot of people deal with, maybe less so than they did, you know, 10 years years ago because the treatments have changed. So I know this is super specific, but how is this? And now clearly hair loss is in the news too, like with, you know, Jada with the alopecia, you know, endocrine disruption, hair loss, aging hair loss. How is this type of hair loss different? And what was your, what was your strategy? Yeah. So, you know, like I said before, you know, the interesting thing about cancer is that it become, it goes from being a personal journey to a private to a, it goes from a personal journey to a public experience because of the side effects. The minute you start losing your hair and you walk down the street, people know that you're battling cancer. You don't get to keep that sense of privacy about what's happening with you. I think this the same is true for things like alopecia because all of a sudden people are looking at you. This isn't like a ball, I'm going to shave my head because this is what's trending. It's really what, and I think it's why so many people are so nervous about that aspect and why it is the first question that they ask, because it is the thing that just robs you of that, that, 
privacy. And it is, you know, hair is it is so much about our identity is, you know, whether you have a, a punky style or you have long flowing locks or you dye your hair a purple, you know, sh- a color of, pur- you know, shade of purple. It is how we express part of who we are. So much of our identities is wrapped up in our, our hair, you know, as Ted Gibson says, hair is everything. Hair is who we are. And so when you don't have that, you lose part of yourself, you know, you immediately lose part of yourself. And I was, I wasn't even worried about my hair so much as I was worried about my eyebrows. Cause I was like, oh my God, I'm going to look like a creepy alien, like without my eyebrows, like a wig. I wasn't, I wasn't so, I think as a beauty girl, I wasn't so scared about wigs because I know that there are great wigs and I see what all of these celebrities do with wigs. And I thought, oh, you know, I've always wanted to be a platinum blonde. I've always wanted to be able to have sleek, straight hair. And now I'll be able to to try on a different, dip into yeah. that a little bit for the time being. I, I really thought about it like, okay, this is going to suck, but I'm going to have some fun with it. I'm going to try to see the silver lining. But hair is absolutely so much of our identity. And I think without it, it really kind of rattles people. Yeah. So you said that you got proactive, you cut your hair short, you started looking at wigs while the wig expert could still see the hair that was that you had, Correct. which I think a lot of people at that point in their life aren't even thinking about because they just want to, you know, get well. But yeah. that's really good advice. What did you do about the brows? I really started getting my brow game on. I turned to Rami, you know, you know Rami, he's an, a brow expert here in New York and worked on a lot of celebrities and I immediately went to and was like, I, you need to teach me how to do my brows. You need to show me how. Like to draw them on even if there's no because hair. it's really hard when you don't have a guide. You know, it's hard enough to do your eyebrows when you have hair. Like I don't know how to do yeah. my brows. I'm terrible at them. I have every single damn brow product in my beauty arsenal and I still don't know how to do a good brow. I'm always amazed by people who can. But think about how hard that is when you don't even have those guides. What so, did you do? So Rami's like, okay, he showed me this trick where you you line a pencil up against your nose that and you make a dot right at where that pencil is then you find where your brow bone sticks out the most and that's really generally where the arch of your brow is and then you angle out that pencil from the corner of your eye and you make the third little dot right. and then you connect them you you basically use these so were you just drawing points. would would you suggest someone just draw on their skin with the product then if there's yeah. no hairs to follow? Yeah, that's exactly what, what, what you like do. Like what kind of products are good for that kind so of thing? So you like want to use a pencil? wax-based pencil because mm-hmm. wax is going to adhere to your skin. And generally, here's the other problem is that when you're going through cancer treatment, you start to get you get you get the sweats, you start to sweat, you get cold, your body temperature changes oh God, your and by using melting. wax. And then you can go over it with a, you know, a powder product to kind of set it in place. You know, that's really the best way to... So sketch on with a wax pencil. Yes, sketch sketch it out with a wax pencil. Use the the structural high points of your face to guide that, that outline. And then you use the wax pencil, you layer it on with that, a powder product, and that's how you get you know, brows to look the best when you have no brows. Now, since that time, there have been stick-on adhesive 
brows made that are amazing. In fact, Dina Mandela, I think is her name. She was uh, also a beauty editor who went through cancer treatment. She has a product line that created those brows, those stick-on adhesives that are gentle adhesive for cancer patients. They look so natural and you can reuse them. And I think that if you don't like to draw on a brow or and you are cool with an adhesive- Or you're not artistic. That's the yeah. way to go. But there have been, you know, there's now so many products that you can use to kind of help fake it. Uh, until you make it kind of thing. But yeah, the brows were the tricky. What about lashes? Lashes are tricky, but you don't have lashes. And so the trick really is to use a soft brown or a taupe and just line your top lid to give your eye a little definition to, and, and I would just line it just a little bit, smudge it out a bit and leave it at that. Because really the eyes... Like not worrying about fake lashes. I mean, you're getting chemotherapy. Like the last thing you want to do is get out the glue and like start putting up fake <laughs> And you don't really want to be using any kind of, you know, that's the only downside to using like adhesive stick on brows is that some people have a higher sensitivity, even if they weren't normally don't, when you're going through treatment, your skin is highly sensitized. Almost like you were using a lot of retinol. You're not Correct. supposed to wax your skin during that time. The skin comes off. So so you just did liner? It did, did you find that like sort of- It just created a little definition. It gave me my eyes a little definition without being too much work. Because listen, the added side to this is that you're exhausted. You're not feeling well. You don't want to do- you're, You don't have the energy to do a lot of a full face of makeup. There are- Getting back to the brows, though, I do want to say one thing. There are a lot of people that talk to me about, should I get microblading? Should I tattoo on my eyebrow? Should I do permanent eyeliner? Don't do any of the above. You know, you are in a temporary moment of hair loss. I don't think tattooing on a brow. Oh, it's like when you're having a breakup. Don't yeah, go get the like, haircut and the bangs I, right now. There are people, I saw a situation where a woman had her eyebrows tattooed on when she was going through cancer treatment. And then when her eyebrows grew back, they were in a completely okay. different place and shape than the tattoo. <gasps> like force through the trees. You got to force through the trees. No. It's a sucky situation, cancer treatment. But you know what? You know, it's temporary. Don't do anything permanent. You know, you want to do microblading after the fact, wait until your eyebrows are back in and- Yeah, because your hair could come back a different texture, color, all so that, right? don't do those. Yeah. Don't do anything permanent. That's something to be aware of, actually. Did your- So I know you didn't lose all of your hair, but when it started growing back in, was it like, wait, I have to learn yeah, how to so style a new set of- my hair grew back a completely different color and a completely different texture. My hair in the places- My hair is now like three different textures because my hair grew back- Compl so curly, kinky, wow. like Bob Ross curly underneath. Like I have parts of my hair and it's so funny to see and it's never gone away. It's never changed. So I, I, if I don't blow out my hair, I have literally like crazy hair. And people are like, oh my God, your hair is so bohemian. It's amazing. And I'm like, mm -hmm, yeah, great. You know, it's, it, it requires like work to do it. So yeah, you know. So be prepared that like you're going to have Yeah, different here's the interesting thing about hair. There's a few things to keep in mind. First of all, when your hair starts to grow back, it will grow back and fall out again in one cycle after it starts to grow out. So it's like even with my brows, they grew back in, then they fell out again, then they grew back in again. 
The same with my hair. Your hair goes through a cycle. Mm. And also in my book, Joan London gave me an amazing tip that I never thought about that everybody needs to think about. Don't dye your hair the first six months of your hair growing back, whether it's your eyebrows or your hair, because you still have the chemotherapy agents in your hair. And when Joan dyed her hair blonde the first time, it turned a neon orange. And then it like turned like a- Oh, like the metals, the metals and things yeah, that are in your body. The oh, yeah, yeah. So you really want to give your hair almost a full cycle of growing in. And when I say a full cycle for your hair and your head, you want to wait at least, at least six months before you do anything to it. You really have to be very careful because hair, you know, contains all those, you know, it's growing out through the follicles that are are housing all of these chemical treatments. It's good advice. Listen, there are so many skincare products on the market claiming to help reduce fine lines and wrinkles, and you know I will try most of them. But how do you know your products are actually working? Some research to back up the claims. That's why Jess and I are all about Ritual. They created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted a clinical study to take the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual's highest hair is now a part of my skincare routine, and I got in the habit of taking it every day by putting the cute little purple jar right next to my sunscreen. It looks nice on my vanity, and let's be honest, I love that. But once I stuck with the habit, I really noticed a difference in my skin. I am not the only one. In a clinical study, taking Hyacera for 90 days led to a 3.6 time reduction in crow's feet wrinkles as compared to placebo. And it led to a 2.9 increase in skin smoothness. I also like that they're easy to swallow. The capsules sort of taste like vanilla. They're not all weird and fishy like some other supplements. Plus, Ritual is a certified B Corp something we learned about on a recent episode. And all their supplements, including the Daily Protein and their Sleep Bio Series Melatonin Supplement, are vegan, gluten-free, and made traceable. Do what Jess and I did, start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mascara. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mascara for 25% off. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey Love's superpower shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good, whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence. Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. 
After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honeylove. Hey everyone, it's Jen. You know Jess and I often talk about how aloe moves helps us stay fit. But May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so I really wanted to point out how amazing the site and app are for mental health as well. It is so easy for me to get stuck in a rut mentally or get stressed out or feel lonely when I'm working from home. I'm guessing you've all been there too. But I found that a much more productive way to deal with those feelings, or even just like a bad day, is to hop on allomoves.com and reset. Allo Moves is the award-winning on-demand streaming wellness platform app and website that has workouts, mindfulness, nutrition, self-care, and more to help boost your mental and physical well-being. I also love that I can take the same class as friends or connect with other members in the community comments. Allo Moves really brings people together. Lately, I have been very into the five-minute relaxation body scan with Susie Mark Shifflin. Guys, Susie is the most soothing instructor. She incorporates these sound bath sounds into her head-to-toe relaxation exercise. It's so easy to do. Obviously, there are also yoga classes and exercise classes and so many other things you can learn and check out on allomoves.com, but I just had to share that one with you. Find yourself together when you join Allo Moves. Join the community on allomoves.com today and use code FATMASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. That's allomoves.com code MASCARA20 for a 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. Again, that's allomoves.com and the code is MASCARA20. The skin thing is interesting to me because we had somebody write in about like their skin has never and their their lips actually been drier. And it was like, I don't even know what to ask because like this is a different kind of dryness than the kind of dryness that you experience from anything else. What happened to your skin when you went through your treatment? And what do you suggest for people that have their skin changing? My skin was terrible. First of all, I broke out into hives. I had like an allergic reaction to the Uh chemotherapy. Then I got cystic acne. Then I got extremely dry. And yes, of course, with your lips, because your lips, as you know, do not contain oil glands. Um, so it's, it really, it's that much harder to get your lips to stay hydrated. The problem with that is that you also can't use a lot of actives, you know, active ingredients that are great for hydrating your skin. You're not allowed to use retinol. You're not allowed to use anything with an antioxidant because really when you think about it, antioxidants are the things that keep our cells alive, but you don't want to be using something that's going to keep the cells alive when your chemotherapy is trying to kill all the cells. And chemotherapy kills all the cells because it doesn't know the good cells from the bad cells. Right. So, you know, you, they, it's just it's just part of, it's a shitty situation, but, you know. Hey, who you, gave you your list of like do not uses when you were going through treatment, the oncologist? Yes. Yes. My oncologist did okay. say, you like you, my oncologist made me stop taking all vitamins. My oncologist was like, you need to just get to basics, like Cetaphil, CeraVe, La Roche, like these kind of super basic skincare lines were my go-to. And it was no acids, no no nothing. You are just Mm. literally taking your shower, getting your skin wet, and then layering on products that are just going to really have great emollients in them and peptides and things that are like, you know, like things that are just kind of Peptides are allowed. 
Correct. Pe- peptides are allowed because they're they're basically emollients. But like, you know, antioxidants, you just have to stay away from. Was there any, you named three lines there, but there, was there any like moisturizer or hydrating ingredients that you were like, this saved me or that you've like told other patients about? Yeah, Vaseline, Aquaphor. I mean, I know Just people like, are like, oh, it's You were slugging before slugging was cool. Yeah, but, you know, people that don't <laughs> understand how petrolatum works, the core ingredient in, you know, Aquaphor, Vaseline, the, you know, people say pe- petroleum as though it's like the petroleum you're putting in your car. People get informed. That's not, you know, that is not the same thing. And it can right. be a really great product to layer on top of a basic cream. But I I love the Cetaphil and the CeraVe's, you know. They, they have great ingredients. They're really healthy for your skin, but you do have to, you know, you have to, you have to do a little research and you want to clear everything through your doctors. Also, here's the thing. And a lot of people don't know this. Most cancer institutions, most, most hospitals have an onsite, um, cosmetic dermatologist who can work with you to help you come up with your skincare line. All you have to do is make an appointment with them, you know, and you should do that. As part of your medical treatment. Correct. So you should be asking your oncologist, hey, does the hospital have a, you know, cosmetic oncologist or, you know, dermologic oncologist or someone like that, that I can work with to help me select my skincare that's going to help me get through this. And a lot of things, even in, you know, scar treatment and radiation treatment to help keep your radiated skin soft you know, you want to be working with those people very early on before you even start radiation so you can get your skin in the best condition for when Mm. you start doing those things. I do want to ask you about scars, but you brought up something that made me think, you know, there's been in the last 10 years, all of this talk about clean beauty. And a lot of times the founders come to me and say they started their line There's and there's often like a cancer story in their family or because, you know, my friend was going through cancer treatment. They made her cut out all the stuff. So they connect that and they think, you know, all those things are bad. They're what caused the cancer or, you know, there are some carcinogenic cosmetic ingredients, you know, have you changed? Do you worry about the beauty products that you use now? Have you changed Uh, what you do because you're a cancer survivor? You know, it's so funny that you asked me that because I am one of the few cancer people that divert from this mentality. I don't, listen, I understand why people want to go all natural. I try to choose clean products when I can, but I will say that ingredients and delivery systems are more important than a clean formula in total. Uh, And I'll give you a perfect example. Like, here's the thing, you know, Poison ivy is all natural. I'm not going and rubbing that all over my body. Mercury, arsenic, these are all things that are all natural. I'm not using them on my body. You know what I'm saying? Like not all natural ingredients are the best ingredients. Here's an example. You know, many years ago, people would, people going through cancer treatment would take oatmeal baths. They would pour a whole thing of of real oatmeal in their bath, sit in that bath to help calm their skin. Fast forward many years later, we have brands like Aveeno who have been able to isolate the molecules in the oat that help to calm and neutralize your skin and help you get a fast fix. And that's where you see delivery systems actually being better than the actual core natural ingredient. No one has the time or the energy to clean up a bath full of dirty oats and wait hours on end for it to work. I need something that's going to work now and going to be effective. You know, efficacy of products and delivery systems are more important to me than 
sticking to a hard line, fast rule of a clean formula. And so I understand that people... Uh, where that comes from, but I don't operate off of fear. I operate based on science-based and evidence-backed products. And that's what I, you know, choose to use, especially during medical situations like a cancer And so after your treatment was done, there was no like, here's the list, never use these again. It was more because you were dealing with the side effects of the treatment that you were asked not to use. No, I think I absolutely became more aware of what I was putting in and on my body. Absolutely. But I don't stick to that hard and fast rule of using all natural. I also feel like, you know, and I love a lot of all natural brands, but there are also a lot of all natural brands that are smaller that don't have the money to invest in the clinicals and to really show that those products work. You know, it's, it's one of the reasons why my doctor was like, I really don't want you taking vitamins during your cancer, you know, during chemotherapy because we don't have any evidence. There haven't been clinicals on 99.9% of the vitamins out there. We don't know how they're going to affect your chemotherapy, you know, working. And so maybe there's some preservative in there. We didn't realize we'd have a bad reaction. Correct. So it's like, you know, I just don't think there's, we have, you know, we have FDA clearance on organics in food. We don't in or in beauty. And until that time comes where we have regulations and real clear testing data, I'm going based on the science and the evidence that product by product. product. Yeah, exactly. You did bring up scars, which is something regardless, like a lot of people deal with, not even cancer survivors, you know, illness, surgeries, accidents, you know, that cause scars. What's some of the advice you got from the experts you spoke to, or you still do? This is like what you do. What do you do about scars? The number one thing that is affordable for every single person to use is scar patches, these silicone-based things like Mederma, you know, things like, uh, I can't even remember them, but they're like basically silicone patches. An occlusive silicone patch. Correct. Yeah. They, what they do, the way that they work is that the pressure that is applied helps to actually stop the fibroblast, which is the cell or the mechanical, you know, the, this, the mechanics. Oh my God. You have no idea. Fibroblasts are like a joke on this podcast. Cause every time I try and explain them to Jess, she's like, I zoned out 20 minutes ago. Yeah. I mean, basically (laughs) they are what continue to make cells produce. And that's what leads to red ropey scars. And by using that, that's a silicone, a pressure silicone patch that applies that pressure. It indicates to the fibroblast that the healing is kind of done and that it doesn't need to overly produce. That's how you prevent the redness, the buildup mm. of the scar. The, there are a lot so of So even doctors, more important than the active ingredient in it, like Mederma also has a topical active ingredient. You correct. want the, the physical. The, the physical pressure, pressure yes. is okay. actually what works. Now it does take daily use for months on end for it to work, but it is a game changer. And I interviewed in my book a, a doctor who is a scar specialist. There are a lot of doctors that are like, just wait a month. No, the the way you want this, <laughs> you, the way you want to do it from the top experts in scarring in the world are that the minute that your scar has healed, meaning that you don't have stitches, that it is closed up, that the healing process has started. You so get the those, wound, as soon as the so wound, wound is healed, is yes. healed, you start applying those pa- patches and you wear them for months. I mean, I wore my, my patches for probably eight months. After that, the scars that did remain, now I have that pale Irish skin, so I immediately, my scars automatically get red and ropey. I then went and had laser treatment to minimize it even further. But, you know, laser is expensive. So what I say to everybody is 
Go out there, get a good silicone patch, ask your doctor which ones they recommend, and wear them like underwear. Wear them every day, all day, and, you know, that is really, that is what is going to help your scar be less visible and and more, uh, you know, which is, listen, a scar is a scar, but you can help minimize how, how horrible it looks by just simply using scar patches. I, I like feel badly that I'm going through like, and this happens. What do you do about it? And this happens. There's one more thing you brought up that but before we, you know, sort of wrap up, you mentioned your nails. Yeah. And this was news to me as I was doing research for this podcast that your nails like basically, they basically fall off and stop growing. What happened to you and, and what do you recommend? You are going to either lose your nails or you're going to experience nail indentations, things like that. The problem is, is that, you know, you don't really see the damage until three months after the fact because your nails grow at such a slow rate and there's really not much you can do. Your nails are going to get weak. They're going to get brittle. My nails never came back. You know, I wear acrylics now because I my, my nails have never came, never came back. No matter what I do, I've talked to every expert. I've used every oil and nail strengthener, nothing works for me. I mean, my nails literally will peel down to my cuticle. It's terrible. That sounds painful. It is. It's painful. It leaves my nails so sore. And oh, you, but you're not allowed to do acrylics while this is no, happening. No, no. And you shouldn't right, do okay. anything with your nails, to be honest right, right, with right. you. If your nails start to fall off, you really just want to do like, you sometimes want to do soaks that are antibacterial soaks, but these are all things you need to be talking to your doctor about and your dermatologist. There are a lot of now nail dermatologists. And even at UPenn, there is a whole nail dermatology department. And I interviewed one of the doctors from there for my book. But, you know, that is just, it's it's just one of the side effects. But I actually want to talk about something that's more important than the nails that you Tell probably me. don't even think about, which is scents. The scent, your scents, the sense of smell, because this is something everybody needs to be aware of from the minute they hear their diagnosis. Scent is going to be the first thing that changes. And so the first thing that I did, and I had an experience, so back up just a year before, I had major back surgery. And during that back surgery, it was terrible. I had to have a rod put in my back. I had to learn how to walk. I'm, I'm literally like a walking disaster, if you haven't, te- if you couldn't tell. You're and so not. I mean, maybe I, physically. I, I, physically, not the rest I'm of a, you. like a hot mess. And during that time, I was using one of my favorite face creams. And it did have a scent to it. And I remember that after that whole journey, like six months later, I got another bottle of it. It was so expensive. It was a very expensive cream. And I started using it. And I started having flashbacks to my back surgery and my recovery of when I couldn't walk and when I couldn't stand up and when I was trying to learn how to walk and and how devastating it was that I thought I would never walk again. And I immediately, when I was diagnosed with cancer, was like, I've got to swap out all of my core beauty products right now. I don't want the scent association. Because I don't want the scent memories. And my most important tip, and it's the first chapter in my book, and I remember my publisher being like, we want to start with hair. You don't want to talk with scent. And I'm like, you have to talk with scent because it's the first thing that's going to change. And it starts the minute you sit in that doctor's office, the smell that you even take with you from that doctor's office, you're going to remember. So you want to swap out all of your favorite products, put them on the shelf, you will come back to them, and you want to start using things that are not going to have any scent to them because you don't want your favorite perfume, your favorite 
face cream, your favorite body lotion, your favorite hair products to ever be associated with your cancer journey. And it was the smartest thing that I did. I still use products, you know, occasionally I still had a fragrance, but it was a fragrance that I was, I knew I would never use again. And actually one time I walked by a department store many years later, walked by a department store and a woman sprayed that scent. And by the time that I left the store, I was literally on the verge of tears. Even talking about it now brought me back to, oh my God, I would use this when like family would come over when I was sick and they wanted to check in on me. And I wanted to kind of put my best face forward and I would spray perfume and that perfume brought me back and I can't even smell it to this day. So my most important tip to everybody is swap out your, your scent related products, all your beauty products and start with something fresh for the time being. And actually use it as a time to splurge on yourself. Buy that expensive cream that you know you'll never <laughs> be able to afford again. You're going to use it for six again. months or whatever it is. Yeah, indulge. Because you know if, if these are things that you normally can't afford, you know this is the time to do that, to really indulge yourself. And you deserve it. And you, you, you know you'll never come back to it. And it'll be one of the reasons why you don't. It'll actually be a win-win for you. That's funny. I was going to ask you, is there anything else you learned in this book or learned during your journey that you wanted to share with people? That scent thing is a great one. Is there anything else I didn't ask you that I should have? No, I think that's the big one. (laughs) Also, you know what? Listen, my other big thing is not a beauty. It really is a more of a philosophy. The cancer journey is a really shit time. And I always said, like, don't try to be positive. Those people that are like, a positive outlook results in a positive, you know, diagnosis and journey. That's a, that's horseshit. Really, the way you get through it is just to find the silver lining in every situation. Every day is going to have really bad moments. And if you can say, okay, you know what? I'm going to lose my hair, but I'm going to start wearing slutty wigs and be that. I'm going to be that, you know, I'm going to have these, you know, personas and I'm going to make a fun moment of it. Or I'm going to use this time to kind of just take a step back from my busy schedule and just make it about me. And, and you know, it's also a time where you get to pivot in your life and people understand. I, I made some really crazy major dramatic changes during this moment. I quit my job. I broke up with my boyfriend of nine years. I made major pivotal shifts and people were like, oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, you know what? This is the one time I get the freedom to just do me. So use it as a positive experience in your life and just look for the the happy moments because you know, even on the darkest night, stars are beautiful. It really is just the perspective. Yeah. Great advice. Before I let you go, I got to do the Fat Mascara 5 with you. I have like a little speed round of fun. Oh, You've love. given us so much to think about. I know this is like, this is what you do all the time on Talk Shop Live. Come on. <laughs> um, we did Now, we didn't talk about types of cancer and all that. Clearly, that's a medical podcast. But, yeah. you know, we do talk about skin cancer a lot because, you know, that's something that there is sunscreen that can partially help prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. I've never met a beauty writer or journalist who doesn't have a favorite sunscreen. Do you? Isden. Isden. Is Isden. My, okay. Yeah, love Isden. The shaky, shaky one. Yeah. The little thin fluid one. Very yes, nice. I actually have a box of it right here. I just got a new box of it. So I'm so excited. That's a good one. So what song always cheers you up? How do we find that silver lining? What's the soundtrack for you? It's kind of not like a cheery song, but it's the forest for the from The Cure. I, I love that oh, song. Makes you feel good. Okay. Yeah, I love it. And what, I know nausea is clearly a side effect. It's a weird question, but what was your like comfort food when you didn't want to eat? Was there anything that felt good to you to eat? What's your comfort food today even? Uh, I love Mexican food. 
Um, but, you know, again, this is... I don't know if you want to have Mexican right after chemotherapy. Well, this is just the thing. You know, it's the same thing with your scent memory. You know, your your t- taste buds change. So I really stayed away from all my favorite foods during my chemotherapy. That was another thing because it oh. is all it all plays into that whole taste scent thing. And so I really did live on pizzas. And I lived on a lot of, like, weird pizzas. Like, I would have them put, like pineapple and stuff, which I normally never do, which is fine because those are not pizzas I'm eating now, but I I lived for pizza. Yeah. So what's your today? Just forget the cancer thing. What's your like indulgent, favorite indulgent snack? Yeah. Mexican food, Mexican Mexican, food, any Mexican food. Yeah. My dream date is not like, you know, per se or La Bernadette. It's straight up bring me to like (laughs) the best Mexican joint. I'm down for that. So what makeup product gives you an instant pick me up? I love a good highlighter. I love a good highlighter. What's, what's in rotation right now? Um, in rotation right now, I have the Chanel stick highlighter and the Fenty Balm. I love. I also the love- The Chanel stick, that's a balm one, like balm essential or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, and it's, I don't know if it's okay. like a, a highlighter or just like a gloss face. It's subtle. Gloss. I, it's like, I love it. I also love the Rare Beauty. Love Rare Beauty. Oh, yes. I so like good. their blush. And then the Fenty one, that's like the megawatt. Yeah, that's like, like the... that's like a high shine, like disco night, you know, mm. which I'm not opposed to on occasion. I could I could see it. I, it also and doubles as like a, a, an eyeshadow, so I, I kind of am down with that. Oh, good to know. What's the last product you put on before you go to bed? You know what? I put on, I go to sleep with my Thrive Overnight Mask. Love that oh, shit. I love that one. So good. Yeah. You're only supposed to use them like every three days and then take a week off, but I just love it. I, I really do. So that that after all my skincare, right before I get into bed, that goes on my face. For your beauty sleep. I like mm-hmm. that. Caitlin, I really appreciate you being so open. Like I felt a little invasive with some of my questions, but no. I thank you so much for coming. And I know that this will help so many other people. So thank you. This has been a thrill. Love the love the friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. So thank you so much for having me. What you did, the work you do is amazing. I've always been such a big fan, uh, your writing and everything. So, and it's, it's been nice, like following your journey. So thank you for having me on. It's been an honor. We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com. We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product review or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at Fat Mascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. 
With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Listen, there are so many skincare products on the market claiming to help reduce fine lines and wrinkles, and you know I will try most of them. But how do you know your products are actually working? Some research to back up the claims. That's why Jess and I are all about Ritual. They created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted a clinical study to take the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual's highest hair is now a part of my skincare routine, and I got in the habit of taking it every day by putting the cute little purple jar right next to my sunscreen. It looks nice on my vanity, and let's be honest, I love that. But once I stuck with the habit, I really noticed a difference in my skin. I am not the only one. In a clinical study, taking Hyacera for 90 days led to a 3.6 time reduction in crow's feet wrinkles as compared to placebo. And it led to a 2.9 increase in skin smoothness. I also like that they're easy to swallow. The capsules sort of taste like vanilla. They're not all weird and fishy like some other supplements. Plus, Ritual is a certified B Corp, something we learned about on a recent episode. And all their supplements, including the Daily Protein and their Sleep Bio Series Melatonin Supplement, are vegan, gluten-free, and made traceable. Do what Jess and I did. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mascara. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mascara for 25% off. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 